Hello, and you're listening to the best drone podcast out there, Let's Drone Out. We would like to thank all of our patrons, including... Ricky Dread. As well as... Art Faulkner. And... That's it. We've only got two out of the four $12 patrons who would help pay for the editing for this train wreck of a show. If you want to get your name read out, please donate to patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. Let's drone out. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Drone Out, uh, episode 217. Is that right? Yes. Tonight we are joined by Curry Kitten. Hello. Andy RC. How do you? What are you drinking there, man? Vive Aldi Coke. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, from tell you home. what, you, you think you have trouble going to the toilet. You want to see what, what this comes out like, mate. <laughs> oh, oh my God. And uh, the, what, what people don't realise is that Frank is uh, secretly managed to obtain a job with the CAA. He's a CAA heel. <laughs> with, uh, that's a lie. It's not true. Uh, that was the intro, was it? That and then was playing. my little pony. Bonjour, sir. And I'm bright until I die. Thing. <laughs> uh, which, yeah, is feels like it. Can we have the legal notice? Yeah. Any views expressed by any guests on this show are personal and may not reflect the views of hosts or any participant of the show. Thank you. Please don't sue us. <laughs> <laughs> Also, any medical advice people may give towards Jack or from Jack is should be ignored too. Just do heroin, Jack. Always oh, going. No, I'm still here. I'm just resting my head on the table. Poor Jack. He's not very well. I, I'm not very well either. I got a headache. Let's all complain about how <laughs> ill we are. Everyone would be very entertaining. Um, all right. So, Frank. Yeah. We, uh, the CAA and registering. Yeah. It's yeah, that's a thing. Like, What's I'm that? not being funny. I don't like it, but it's a step in the right direction because every update had been getting worse and worse and worse. And, you know, like, like, like you know, like, got, Brex- like Brexit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, if you're, you know, it, it went from like you got to put your name on a list, like a sex offender, and then it got to you've also got to give a sixteen pound fifty, and then it was you got to get a tattoo with like a number and a barcode <laughs> on your forehead. Um, then, then, then it went to you've got to have a tracker inserted up your your anus. Um, and then. Planet. You were okay with that one, weren't you, Jack? Yeah, well, I mean, that yeah, would just I'm be... Cool that. 
that would he was be gone in second. Well. That'll never take hold, would it? Don't be. Yeah. Bothered. Um. And then and then it went to if you're a drone user, you've got to live in a concentration camp. And then it's kind of they've done away with most of that, and now it's only nine pound, and you've got to go on a list. Well, kind of. Um, What's this about the tests? Tell us about the tests, because I was losing it. Well, I wasn't understanding it probably. We were just talking beforehand, and these things of B tests and where you get those from and, and stuff like that. Don't talk to me about B tests. <laughs> I need one and it's all line of sight and I don't fly line of sight, so what's the point? So I'm I, 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 I thought you were on about hepatitis B. I probably got that as well. I can tell you about the history of, of these certificates before drones were a thing. Well, that's and, the thing. And, is, is it because it's before drones were a thing that it's an actual thing? So they need yeah, to yeah. redo it then because... It's so b- before we before we had uh, electric brushless models, um, the only real option was to have a designated flying club with a field because it was the only safest way to do it. And then you would, I mean, you didn't have to, but, you know, it was a benefit to join the BMFA because you would then be affiliated with them and be insured. And um, they have this, they had this achievement uh, scheme, which wasn't mandatory, but clubs made it mandatory. It was, we saw it sort of clubs self-regulated themselves uh, in order to have a standard of, you know, competency. So, a lot of clubs wouldn't let you turn up, join, and fly solo unless you had passed your A test. So that so A test was you can fly solo with, without um, somebody having to stand next to you whilst you fly. Um, you could just fly. You know, I, I mean, you need people there with you. You couldn't fly on on your own but you had a flight line you know you've got different sets of rules you have to be so far so so far away from where you take off from etc you know and and to put another myth to best to, to bed already uh, this isn't what the bmfa require the bmfa don't require you to have an a test before flying solo it's no. just it's just there so that clubs have something that they can use if they want um, yeah, if they if they've got a site that they've worked really hard to get and they want to keep it, but they want to allow more people to come and use it rather than just the small group of people that they know personally, then they need to be able to have a way of you know someone from another club coming over. And, you know, if they say, "Oh, they you know the other club know me, I'm I'm good." Like, then there's all this kind of rigmarole of contacting someone in the other club and being like, this person says they, they can fly. Are they safe to fly? Is that all good? And the A test just kind of skips that whole thing out and it says, you know, this is a bit of paper that says from this other club, this guy's all right. He's okay to fly. You don't have to, you know. Yeah, so... Can, can, can we rewind a bit and explain exactly why we're talking about the A-B test in regard to what it means going forward with the registration... Yeah. Well, I think we're getting some background as to what the A test and B test are at the moment. 
I think it's important to, to sort of lay the foundations of the A and B test where it came from because it did become a standard with a lot of clubs of competency and uh, the clubs that I've been in, you had to have an A test and if there was if your club put on an event, so you would invite people uh, or, or you'd have competitions, we do competitions, in order to enter the competition, you'd have to have a B test because, mm-hmm. you know, you'd be flying around pylons and doing sort of more uh, risky things. That, so so they became sort of a self-regulated standard. So when um, all of this drone regulation thing came in, um, people saw that, that they've got an A test and a B test and so to them they've already proved their competency and for them to have to do another test would Mm. make that previous standard pointless and then it'd be like well what's the bmfa giving well the the bmfa is giving me insurance that's the only thing they're giving me absolutely so um i think the idea is to uh, adapt these a and b test as an official form of competency right so the the a and b tests on the bmfa a and b tests aren't changing yet as far as i can tell i'm speaking with andy simmons that hasn't been mentioned anywhere like the a and b tests they're just standing but they're a long-standing kind of uh state of like okay an a test is some guy you can let loose on your field and he's not going to cock it up for the rest of you. Um, the B test is someone who's at a standards that you actually might want to show off um, or invite into a competition or something well, like that. Well, that's around the wrong way already. It's what, Tone? Around the wrong way. What do you I, think? A was always best, B was second best. Well, it's in with the modern GCSE where one is worse than nine is best. Oh. Well, there's, well, there's, there well, is also the C test. There is a BMFA oh, C God. test. Well, you're a uh, C. Well, well, Tony, I fly mode well, one, is the C and test? you fly mode two. So, does that mean that mode one is better then? Not at all. Well, then that's you're backwards to what you've just said. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, anyway, so there, there well, are these the kind of. It's it's just like a. Can you plug in to be it's, a uh, it's for it's sailing boats. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, let us see. It's just like another standard above B. It's it's for people who want to show how good they are. So um, play my own round. I'm, I'm getting the idea what the C stands for then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, you put a blindfold on and then you do a perfect. B oh. test with a blindfold on, and then that's that well, makes you a C. Yeah, transmitter behind your back, so you look like you've been arrested and then getting demonetized. That, yeah, it's like behind your head, like with your tongue, all that kind of stuff. That's yeah. really dangerous. I do not, I do not recommend doing that. <laughs> no, it's, that's not. Uh, just look it up if you want to get into that. Um, but the yeah, so there's been the A test and B test, and also the other thing to think about is that. You know, for a long while, it was just the fixed wing A and B test. I mean, there's like there was a heli one. There's always been a heli uh, one as well. Uh, there's the the heli one, and uh, then a few years ago, there was kind of 
uh, adapted from the heli one. There's been the multi-rotor one. Um, but as Tony knows, it's, it's annoying as well. I would like to know if there's a test for free flight. Is this a, okay, we'd like you to release your plane and just see where it goes. And if you can not get hit, you pass or something. Uh, or if you get hit, you pass. It's kind of a, a Darwinian test, I think. <laughs> um, so yeah. the, the B test needs updating, doesn't it, for multi-rotors? Because you know, well, it, is, it exists. There is a, a multi-rotor B test. And that it exists. needs updating for FPV, I think, is yes. what Tony wants. Yes, because... There's also the FPV extension certificate. Um, no. Oh, that means well, you'd have well, to get well, the initial well. test first. We don't want that. So how, why is all this relevant... Because this is like a whole other can of worms that we've already opened just by starting to get anywhere near what we're. So let's go there then. Let's go on, definitely go there. Explain in your calm and reasonable manner why we're talking about these tests. Have a drink quick, Frank. Yeah. Well, if I drink too quickly, I'll just be cursing and swearing before the end of the show. Oh, oh well, do, keep, keep doing that then. <laughs> I like yeah. curse, fr- cursing Frank. It's weird. It's like your parents having this weird argument where they're actually swearing at each other. It's cursing a bit disturbing. Frank. Cursing Frank is normally after Colin McRae, Frank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so as of... Uh, we were up until like ah, three, four weeks ago, all of this was going to get completely ignored, all the A test, B test, all of that. That that was just something that people did in their fields to for their own use and not for anything else. Um, and the, all the um, sort of prior kind of standing of the model flying associations and the commercial flying association, RPAS, that was all just going to get ignored and there was going to be a flat uh, drone registration and education scheme for all. Um, and if, if you kind of look into the broader picture of what's going on here, so as, as Andy said, back in the day, the only way to do any of this was successfully basically, was to go join a club and they'd help you with your doping, your fabric on your balsa and all that kind of stuff. Um, And then we've had some changes to that that mean there are a lot more people that can just buy stuff off the shelf and fly and there's tiny whoops and there's, you know, it's it's not just big IC things. It's There's a whole range of models and flying things and situations that you might be flying in and all this kind of thing. It's got a lot more complicated, a lot more popular so there's uh, a higher, uh, there's just more complexity to try and capture in the laws. So instead of uh, being, it, don't be a dick, um, the, the law is, is getting more complicated saying, okay, for this level of risk, you can do this, for this level of risk, you can do that, and kind of setting it out like that. And it's getting more complicated as of July 2020. And as Part of that, they've kind of gone, ah, now it's, it's, it's really quite complicated. Uh, we're going to have to get away to make sure people read this and, you know, but, but pay attention to it. How are we going to do that? Well, well, we'll set a test and we'll make people have to go through the test before they can fly and, and we'll just, you know, push everyone to go through here 
so that everyone has read the new rules in July 2020. Um, and they're like, well, we don't really want to have everyone doing it all in one go. So we'll get the registration scheme up and running in advance um, so that it's, you know, all the bugs are ironed out by July 2020 uh, when the rules get a lot more complicated. You know, rules are nice and simple now, so the test will be nice and simple now. System nice and simple. We'll test it now, get it all running, and then we'll make it more complex with the more complex rules in July. Um, which hasn't been popular because people are like, well, the rules are still simple. I've shown my competence with these current rules. You're just making me jump through all these hoops just to make sure you know how the hoops work. This is daft. This is stupid. Um, the Department for Transport, up until the new uh, Secretary of State for Transport, the previous one, we're just like, ignore them. They'll, they'll go away. Just carry on doing what you're doing. Set this thing up. Make it happen. A uh, new Secretary of State came in, said, this is all bollocks. Uh, I'm not signing off on this until you've made this a bit more reasonable and you're not making these existing users of the air go through this new system. Like, get them on board. Like, sort this out. Uh, so that's kind of what has happened is the people that have been building this for a year have been told to sit down with BMFA and FPV UK and RPAS and try to make something workable um, without you know, completely scrapping the whole thing so that they've been having to kind of find a compromise um, and the compromise that we've got so far is that the it's it's going to be delayed opening by a whole five days. Um, it's also going to be, you know, there's going to be an exemption for the members of the associations until the end of January 2020, basically because that's when the BMFA's renewal is. Um, so if you are a member of any of the associations, then you can ignore the, uh, the the paying the money until the end of January, and then you can either pay the money yourself or they can collect the money for you to try and... And they're, they're not making money out of this. Like The associations are going to lose money on handling all this bullshit. Um, but they're trying to do it to make it as easy as possible for their members to carry on flying without having to lift too much of a finger, apart from just to say, yes, opt in, take my money. So, you know... So no one's got to worry about anything till, well, as long as, as long as they're with the BMFA or FBV UK, they ain't got no, worry, no one's got to worry anything till January, yeah? So if you remember, then you don't have, yeah, you don't have to worry about this till January... I'm sure the associations, well, I know they are going to be sending out stuff maybe tomorrow, uh, possibly early next week, being like, this is how we're going to be dealing with it in the meantime. Because obviously, they're generally day-to-day -day having to continue having these meetings and work out how we're actually going to do this, of now exempting people for three months, two months, three months. Um, 
Uh, how, how are we going to prove that you're a member of the association? What's the accepted way of doing that? So I'm sure that's going to kind of be coming through. Um, in the next, yeah, few days, I imagine. Um, so so where's the tie-up in this with the, the B, sir? Because we were so, talking about, yeah. was there some sort of extra exemption yes. for this? So the, the drone registration and education scheme comes in two parts. Um, yeah, one is paying the money and getting a number, an operator number that goes on all your aircraft. Uh, the other one is the pilot um, pilot ID, which you get by doing the online test. Um, if you are a member of an association and you have uh, one of these measures of competency, and that is the A cert, the B cert, the um, basic proficiency certificate that the BMFA do. Uh, this is also FPV UK have an A cert as well, which is uh, all online and you can do it in about 10 minutes. It's basically what's uh, the new, because BMFA are also bringing out a new uh, completely online version as well. That's Look, I, I did it. I have an A cert for FPV UK. Yeah, it's very tricky. What does that entitle you to do then? Don't know. So that means that you don't have to do. Well, if you listen, I can tell you. (laughs) So so remember that. What will you to do? So the drone registration and education scheme is the two parts. One is doing paying the money. The other one is doing the test. Mm -hmm. Being a, a member of one of the associations gets you to skip paying the money until the end of January. Having one of these A certs, B certs, whatever, gets you to skip doing the test. That's that's pretty much it. So if you've if you've got both of those things, if you're a member of one of the associations and you have any one of these tests, then you basically don't have to lift a finger to anything um, until the associations say, would you like us to do all the paperwork for you? And you can say yes or no. Does it have to be the multi-rotor A cert and B cert? Because my, minor, minor, If you look at the, the drone registration and scheme online test that, you know, if you could skip all of the associations and do it all through the CAA's portal and you, it's, it's just so simple and easy, um, you know, like anything, anything that the associations are offering is at least a little higher standard than that is. So, you know. So I can do the online test and I'm already BMFA. So that means I won't have to do the beta multi-rotor test. Yeah, so that'll mean you're you're all all good uh, till uh, basically end of July next year. Till July. Yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't save us from registration or paying money or having these little having to display something. It just means that someone else has done it on our behalf. Yeah, so we still go on a sex offenders register. It's just someone else has put us there instead of ourselves. Well, it's it's not sixteen fifty anymore. It's nine quid, nine yeah. pounds, which and is a little. The other better. side of it is, with you know, by doing that, you're giving 
you know, another like signature to you know, another adding to the numbers that are behind the the associations. Um, and by the way, this this is the UK Model Flying Associations, which includes both BMFA and FPV UK. They are on the same level. They're you know involved in the same thing. As as honestly, it's not like BMFA are evil and FPV UK are angels. Like it's it makes like they're on they're on the same page they're on the same side trying to fight for us yeah yeah for our rights so you know if you get behind either of them you'll still be on the same side of the conversation over the next few months um as they will continue to you know push for okay onerous on us so what happens in july of next year so july of next year Say we've uh, all done this bit, we've all done the test online and we're all in short, blah, blah, blah. July yeah. happens, what, what's next? So then there's going to be, I mean, basically for us as FPV pilots, pretty much bugger all happens. Um, we've already got rules about how far away we have to be from you know, people that are a bit more onerous than anyone else anyway. So it's like you, you don't have to... Pretty much nothing happens. You do potentially get to fly closer to people with uh, what's called a certificate of competency, which is like a official document that hasn't been worked out what that is yet. And that is right. what is going to be worked out over the next few months. That's what I was going to ask, because I've flown, uh, I've flown um, events all through the year. Or, you know, on the flight lines of places, do I will I need to do a competency test to, and show people that I need to do this? Because well, that's kind of up to the event, event organizers, though, really. Yeah. Well, every oh, yeah. event I've been to just went, yeah, go on, mate. Yeah, that's <laughs> because that's because nobody really understood. If you were to be flying fixed wing, they would have said at least a B test for you to fly. But because multi rotors is like, you know, that they have no idea. It's like, well, well this is what I'm worried about next year because I've got loads of events lined up that I want to go and fly in, and I've been invited to and fly on the flight line. It's it's worth speaking to them and making sure whether or not. They, they want you to have a B cert because that is the thing is you know the A cert is are, are you trustworthy to be poodling around a field that someone's very precious about and a B cert is are you good enough to be displaying in front of people um, and it's you know it's, it's just a measure of trust well keep an eye on FPV UK is, is all I'm going to say um, that sounds promising because it, 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 in one way you could you could say to Tony, "Oh, just do do some line of sight practice and do it." And then the other side, it's like, why should Tony practice all this line of sight stuff just so he can turn up to an event, not to show line of sight? It, it's it's pretty pointless. Isn't well, it? the the idea is the idea of line of sight is if your camera feed drops out for any reason, you lift your goggles up and you can. Fly well, and land we'll it safely. That, yeah, there, there has. I mean, if you had a proper, if someone invented a proper FPV test, they might do something like fly long, lift your goggles, and recover your yeah. drone as part of the test. But yeah. flying pure line of sight, just so I, I can do a figure eight, I can do 
a circle in each direction and take off a land doesn't really qualify you to, to do as well. Yeah, so so playing devil's advocate, I imagine the the justification would be from them that if you know if you're in that situation where you're flying FPV at a display and your feed craps out, you yeah. need to be able to lift your goggles and recover from whatever orientation and wherever you are line of sight. So you know if you're halfway through flying a maneuver upside down and your video craps out, you still need to be able to recover that line of sight. And the easiest way to show that is that you can fly those maneuvers line of sight. You know, if you can do, if you can fly your figure eight and you can do your loop line of sight, then it means that you should have theoretically the skills to be able to recover that line of sight. Um, You have to remember as well, (laughs) you have to remember FPV is a new thing, a line of sight as you know, it's dominant, dominated for decades. So, you know, it's it's going to be expected of you to be able to do line of sight first. Out, out of interest, because um, you'll know this, Andy, what, what is the situation for people should they lose radio signal? What 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 is part of the test then? Because I'm just equating that to, okay, because in, in, in any sort of race event or anything, they will check that your failsafe is set up to immediately disarm. So you just fall yeah. to the ground. So in some ways, I suppose you could argue that sort of losing vision, depending on the circumstances, is a bit like losing radio signal. You you might want it just to fall immediately on the floor because, of course, you shouldn't be overcrowded to people and stuff if you're at some sort of event. Yeah. Um, so, so what would be the situation? What What is the done thing? Should you lose radio signal? Well, it, go like this and start waving your arms around. This this brings it as uh, back to Andy's point. If you lose radio signal, there's nothing you can do about it. If you lose video signal, there's something you can do about it. So okay. that's that's the answer. If I, I if I've a couple of times lifted my goggles and recovered and landed, but. If I ever lose, that's why the insurance if I ever is, lose that site. I normally just disarm and just like, well, I'll go and find it in a minute. That's why the insurance is there because, uh, you know, years ago we didn't even have fail safes. What had happened is you'd go out of range and the thing would just fly on forever and, and fly for miles and miles. But as long as you were um, adhering to uh, all of the the correct distances away from people, you know, you, you there there's an element of risk there, you know. So as long as you follow the BMFA guidelines, it's some things are going to go wrong. You know, you go crash. Jack you, Jack just said a great point. He's he's all probably on the toilet typing this, but he's put. I'm a glasses wearer, so I, so if I lose video, I have to take my goggles off, find my glasses, put them on, and work out my orientation of the quad, and then yeah. fly it back. Ain't gonna yeah, happen. Already crashed by then. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. Jassy Labotics also in the chat uh, has another good point that I would I would make you know on this in that the the B set you have to do it in 
Acro mode, you're not allowed to have any stabilization beyond that required for it to actually fly. Um, that kind of makes sense because back back in the day, we never had stabilization or gyros, and we were that's what the you had to do your A test on that. So, yeah. does the A but, test allow you to have stability mode? Uh, no, so the basic uh, proficiency certificate does. Uh, that's that's what the basic proficiency certificate is. It's basically the A test, but using stabilization and or GPS and or whatever else you want to do. Okay. Um, so if you're doing it with like a phantom, then that's probably going to be in basic proficiency certificate. Uh, as somebody who's been through all this and like it, sh it should be hard. I think because if it's, if it's hard and you pass, then you you're proficient. And I've always I've always said this. And Just because you can do it, well, I, I've, I, I've I feel my own line of sight. Context my, my and circumstances are, are quite important to this. It, when you were back in the olden days, as I'm going to call it, Andy, when you yes, were a wee nipper, and people used to fly line of sight planes, you'd be up high and you'd have an amount of time to do things and trying to sort of transpose that onto modern quad flying which is generally really fast really low doesn't really bode yeah, well it, i've it, lost vision by the time you've done this you're already in the ground so yes. you really okay. want it to to disarm it it's just, it, it's not that line of sight isn't important for recovering a quad if you if you can do it like i, I couldn't the other day literally i lost vision because my hdmi cable decided to become unplugged and what i couldn't do is take my goggles off get my glasses go back and look over and find my quad and i just disarmed it so yes. it, it, it what they do need is a more up-to-date test they need like an fpv pilot test where yeah. the most of it should be fpv and there should be an uh, some test to say like any sort of basic safety test it's like okay we're going to simulate you losing your video what we want you to do is lift your goggles up recover your aircraft and land it in front of you as, as you might I do think, in this situation and if you can't just disarm it because you won't be over crowds anyway <laughs> yeah how can you guarantee that though I think you're I, I think you're running I think you're running into dangerous territory there because if what you're suggesting is leading to every model having to have some sort of GPS fail safe rescue no no i'm not suggesting that I, i'm suggesting that there should be a, con, a a part of a test which said you've lost your vision you, I, I, i'm of the opinion yes you should be able to at least recover it but there's nothing to say you shouldn't be able to go into at least stabilization i don't i don't think i'd be mean enough to say you must land it in acro mode uh, and uh, we've given yeah. you Drax, jack's no, no. crazy rates no, I, agree. Land it I, like I, I, I agree with that but I, sure. I i think the majority of the test should be yeah, this is the audio test. So the majority of tests should be about FPV flying. Can you do this? Can you do that? And, uh, you know, there's there's plenty of people that can't do a lot of stuff in FPV when they start, like fly gently and land, which I think are useful things to do. So having a part of the test to say, lift your goggles, recover your model, land it in front of you, I think is a fair part of the test. But I think the entire thing in line of sight to say, okay, you're now qualified to fly FPV, even though we haven't even talked about that as part of the test. Here it is. It goes against it in, in wrong ways. Exactly. Well, how the, about... The of this is that, you know, it's all well and good saying, oh, we need, you know, one as well that's, that's even more tailored to FPV. But at the moment, like, people are struggling to find, um, you know, to be able to get a, a multi-rotor, A-cert or B-cert. Because, um, you know, if they're part of a local club, 
and they, you know, they want to get a, a, the examination done with you know the, the examiner at the local club. And unless that examiner is very familiar with the multi-rotor um, A set and B set, then they, they might not even potentially might not even be aware of it. Um, and at least it's you know as as I've seen on multiple occasions already. The first thing is they then have to go to the BMW and go, it's multi-rotors, if it's a good thing. How do we do that? Do, do, we need, do we need a helicopter examiner? Do we need this? Do we need that? So, you know, it's, you know, I'm sure there are clubs out there that are doing this all the time and it's second nature to them, but there are, are also quite a few clubs by the looks of things from people I know that have tried to get multi-rotor rotor, that it's, it's not been a simple process. Um, so, you know, I think maybe we should get that sorted I just out. think there needs to be another test. There needs to, they need to do an FPV test. They need oh. a Tony test. They, do, they need an FPV test. It's stupid doing a... It's like, I what I go into and drive my car to my next job via the f***ing pavement with a radio control. <laughs> I get in it. Sorry, I've just realised that I'm, I'm terrible in the chat. I just sit there and say stupid things. Um, so it's better I come in here and say stupid things where you can see my face. Um, do you know what? There's, it did get me thinking this. There is something interesting in the perception of this whole thing. Um, and that is, it kind of allures a little bit to what Tony was saying about his level of comfort with, for instance, flying loss. And it got me thinking really about the the integrated systems of what things are. I mean, I did my A and B on helicopters a long, long time ago. Um, and that's because I was, um, as well as just flying them for, for a long time, I was asked to do a couple of display things. And for public display, as Andy said, you know, really by right, you should have your B set to, to prove you can do it safely and, and you know, and, and all that. Um, but my, my kind of argument with multi-rotors is that things have changed in terms of I mean what you're asking the system to do when you're flying a multi-rotor you know inherent by design when you're flying a multi-rotor in acro versus angle I mean what's the argument you're saying you should be able to fly it in acro but how do you define the difference between acro and angle other than you're throwing a switch the flight controller is capable of both and both are integrated into the system. So what's the importance put on there that you yeah. can fly with it off, but if it's part of the system, what's what's the difference with it being on or off anyway? Surely the more important thing is the decision-making process, the, the, the checklist, if you like, to pilots of what to do next is more probable the focus importance, I think, than saying, can I fly this thing uh, in acro should one or the other fail uh, I mean with helicopters back in the day I mean you're still doing uh, even when they went fly barless you were doing that same thing of controlling the helicopter but you're you're telling a system what to do um, and there's still a level of computing that's going on you don't have to, in the same way you don't have direct control of a quadcopter you're telling a computer I want to turn left yeah. but all the actual con computer algorithms and control is done by you know you're just giving it an interpretation of what you want and it's doing it so why should we look at 
level flying, level mode, any differently than we should look at acro, is what I'm saying. I think, um, in terms I, of safety. I think uh, level, uh, including level mode in... If, if there was a test, for example, where you had to simulate your video cutting out, the first thing that you should do is stick it into level mode mm -hmm. because because you could, be, you could be upside down yeah. when it cuts out. And by the time you've lifted your goggles up, you're in the ground. So if you flick a switch, it's going gonna, it's gonna to write itself. And a, a, good exactly. a good example of this, uh, it, I watched this happen to NJ at Mini Air Show. You were flying and uh, someone plugged in. And yeah, it shot me out of the sky. Absolutely. Yeah. So did uh, so you lifted the goggles up straight away? Did you flick it? Into yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, and I've 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 had that happen to me many times before. I've had it. You know, I've got caught out in in the worst possible way uh, pretty early on when I was FPVing. I haven't really had it happen since, but I'm sure many of you relate to it, where the, the goggle battery's been beeping and you think, oh, I'm all right for thirty seconds, <laughs> and of course it dies far quicker. And I've had to lift the goggles up and then, yeah, again straight to level mode, and then I I. You know, or in you know, get the quad around the way I want it and bring it back. That's that's something I can do from the heli days. Sussing out which way around a helicopter is when it's a silhouette is a skill you need because if you fly near sunset, then if you, anyone that does fly a helicopter will know. Or a plane, you look at a plane in sunset. It takes you a minute to work out whether it's coming or going, um, and what controls to put in to bring it back if you haven't got a return to home before you then finally kill it and let it fall out the sky. I mean, with a helicopter, it's a whole different thing. You've got 120 mil of swinging carbon doing 2,100 RPM. It's obviously better if you can get the orientation right and bring it back. Um, but the, I guess my big point is, what do we consider a base level communication with the quadcopter? You're telling it to do something if it has the option of level or acro as part of its base communication I don't think one should be discriminating over the other. No, no, I agree. Um, if it's especially if it's something that's advantageous to the pilot to make good choices. Mm. Um, so I, in that way, I do, and I'm from the old school where you had to learn all that, and I did my AMB cert, and I understand that you know I'm I'm lucky I've come from that background because it meant I could go out and fly a quad loss with no problems uh, whatsoever. But I understand where Tony's coming from. And although whenever I teach anyone, I always teach them basic loss first. So I do think you should learn it, to be honest with you, because I think it's good It's good for the brain anyway. And there are situations where it could help you. I still, I do think there is an argument for saying, what is that base communication with the quad? What's available to that quad in terms of the onboard computer? What can it do to help you, the pilot, and make that part of the process of um, recovery and good decision-making? I also, I also think Jack has a great point about um, people who wear glasses as well because they're, they're, you couldn't do that if you no. wore glasses. But you, you have to remember that um, part of the deal of being able to fly with goggles is that you have to have a spotter, right? So let's just... Uh, if you do need to wear glasses, I think it will be well very unreasonable to ask the glasses wearer to uh, wear contact lenses. You know, especially as the fan is basically drying them into a, a, a crusty thing stuck to your eye. So that's that's not an option. But but uh, for for people who wear glasses, 
um, we're supposed to have a spotter anyways when we're flying. So so um, let's just say, uh, you know, the the test would be, all right, my video's gone out. You pass the transmitter to your spotter and your spotter takes over. With Wait, that. Your spotter's your mum. I don't think your spotter has to be oh. back in the olden days when, when be the Rex first came out the spotter had to be someone who was able to take control but these days it's just someone it's who just can anyone. see where you are isn't it yeah. well it should I think it should be someone who can take control though but that's even What's the point in having a spotter otherwise, you know? So I oh, yeah, be able to you're just, you're you because you're mode one, and I'll be like, oh, i got it, Andy. Oh, what's going on here? It's all gone funny. Yeah, well, all of my, all of my friends are cool and fly mode one locally, so <laughs> I don't have that. up there. I don't have that problem. You're from up north, so that says it all. <laughs> I've just been, I just, I wasn't actually laughing at anything you just said, but someone started talking about shadow puppets, so I've got to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, yeah, I'm saying their spotters are their dogs. Their spotters are the dogs. Yeah. Well, yeah, to have something running around barking directly under the quad as to where it is or, or just behind it. There's latency what? in that dog. Hold on. <laughs> That works. I, I'm not sure the dog will be able to call out that there's uh, <laughs> light aircraft coming in dead stick into your field. But mine does. I, he I does it really with a series of barks and sniffs. I really, really <laughs> think it should be a, a different, a, another um, B cert test for FBV. I think that needs to be. It's not often I get to say this, but I agree with Tony. Thank you. <laughs> I, I definitely think there's a deeper thought process that needs to happen, and it feels like there's deadlines and, and bodies are rushing towards it. And, I mean, I, I presume everyone's seen X-Jet's uh, video where he, he points out. I know I, I'm not... Are you, you put another one out today saying I'm not attacking the BMFA, but, I mean, there's in terms of how the legislation's written, there are holes... Um, and it, it does need refining. Like, it, it does feel like things are rushing a little bit. Well, yeah, so it, it, this is what, you know, this is what the problem was, was that they were going off on one and completely ignoring anyone else in the space and just going off on, you know, the, C, the DFT, uh, the Department of Transport, were just kind of making things up as they go along without listening mm -hmm. to other people. Um, and then exactly. got, sat down like a month ago and told, no, 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 you need to actually work with these people on it and and that is what is happening at the moment um and so i thoroughly expect uh there will be more updates by january yeah fast hard I refinement so. i hope so because i i can't fly a line of sight to save my life the thing is, though, Tone, how did you do that croak oh my god thing is though turn if you've been invited to these events then you know they'll probably give you you know, especially as you went last year, they can't say, oh, you know, we let you in.
last year, but this year. And if you've been invited, then you probably won't have to jump through any hoops. You know, you've already proved your competency it, to them. Probably it's not only that; it's the the whole different changes in July to, as to earning money. Yes. So this is kind of the potentially interesting thing that you know, if you're if you're thinking about a visa, it might be worth doing it before next July. Because you know, there's. Does it have to be a multi rotors though? No. So that I've got a beat my B certs in fixed wing and Jason Halley's. So, so you know, we oh we don't have to do the multi one. Unless all. you're going to have to do every test on each different aircraft, then I can't imagine they're going to be bothered about it. This is re- really, I really want to do the. I need to do the B cert before July of next year. I mean, it's also possible that they, you know, we get a new Secretary of State for Transport who goes, them, we'll just do whatever we like and not listen to the community and yeah. decides that the visa isn't worth anything and it's going to be PFCO on speed and require even more stuff and cost even more money. I mean, it's, it's, it's changed, not impossible. It's changed so many times, you know, it almost seems like it's not worth discussing because it, just changes all the time and you know just makes people worry there's definitely an element of that but it it's good to see that we're not being completely steamrolled over um, yeah the, the bmfa's involvement is is ultimately in the right direction um but as as and as andrew said it's it's um this i dare say it's all going to be a, a hard refining process um, by January, we may be discussing completely different things. Yeah. Probably will, but is it? I want to earn money from July from next year. I, I like literally want to do this as some bit of my wages. Do I just go and do a PIFCO or do I wait and? Well, you'll have to wait. Tone is the answer, I guess. Well, this is the thing. What, does the PIFCO involve line of sight? As That's well? what I was about to say. I'm sure it does. I bet. Yeah, it does. but you can fly a bloody GPS quad when using that. Yeah, oh, but don't you have true. to do a test on each quad you'd use or something? No, you just go and do it using a. You can, I can take my Phantom 3 down there and put it in GPS mode and tell them what the weather's going to be tomorrow, write a log of whatever and. That's just completely pointless, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, well, exactly. This is totally different to what I'm flying FBB. This is why, yeah. this is why we're here talking about this, because um, if I pass my test using a Phantom, I'm just hovering, let go of the sticks on a panic, fresh return home. It's well, just the thing, different. A big part of the PFCO is that you, uh, at least I, I am kind of now speaking a little bit more outside my wheelhouse, but my understanding is that you have to write your operations manual. Mm-hmm. What your, you know, these are the things that I am going to do, and this is how I'm going to make sure that it's going to be safe, and these are my checklists, and the, this yeah. is how I'm going to assess the area and all that kind of thing. And, you know, if you, and you have to write that, submit it, get it signed off, and you can get it back at the moment. Things might change. Uh, but, um, the, yeah, so... I have to say, so the the, the area... is flying FPV, this is your procedure for making sure that it's going to be safe and and everything else like that. The the area of commercial versus recreational flights has always been a weird one because depending on the circumstances, two people could do exactly the same flight, 
But if one did it for money, then that... And this is what is changing in July 2020. One would be illegal, one would be legal. Although you can earn money without having a PIFCO if you didn't set out to earn money. Or you fly indoors. Or you fly indoors. And this is what's going to change July 2020 is that there is not going to be a distinction between flights that are done commercially and flights that are done non-commercially. It's going to be all about the risk. So it's going to be where you're flying, what you're flying, who is flying it is what's going to matter, not why you're flying it. And this is this is what I want to know. I want to know what I need to do before July turns up because so in I July, want to earn money flying. Just just out and say, all right, Governor, you need some uh, photos done. I've got the quad here. What do you, what do you need? <laughs> so in sure. July 2020, if you if you want to go make money by flying in a field away from everyone, then you can do that. And all, you know, as long as you registration and operator ID and all that by then, then you you which you can do just by ticking the box on the BMFA or FPVK website then you know you'll be able to do that commercially but the the certificate of competency details to be determined um is what is going to then allow you to do the um sort of more medium risk things um so you know that's going to be the sort of that's interesting because um yeah you know tony i <clears throat> i reckon well, I'm I'm very confident. Uh, one session down at the field, I don't know, 20, 20 something batteries. I could teach you to lost fly in one day. I could teach you a lost fly. Like you're just associating a different aspect to your vision to muscle memories that you already have. And well, so I, I've taught, I've taught my my missus to fly. Uh, she's had a go on the sim, and I've managed to get her to do a lost flying, a lost flying in level mode of a uh, of, of a drone, and she's managed to get it to hover and move around. There's absolutely no question you'd you'd be able to do it. I, I mean, I quite happily come down and we spend a day, and at the end of the day, you, you might even be moving on to some basic acro flying. And, and Tony, you you like do RC cars, right? You, do, you don't, huh? Yeah. So you you don't like wander around walking after it all the time to make sure you've got the same orientation do you no well, there you go then. so you've got yeah. some at least you've got the wiring in your brain somewhere have you ever tried it have you tried it ever not really, not really. well you'd probably just be fine and could do it just try it but i just don't see like for, for me it's like um you're missing out, I'm telling you. It's no, another... No, no, no. I, 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 I literally don't enjoy... I will... I, I forgot know. about something very important. Say uh, it, right? Mr. Fruity Cakes is very... Uh, has a very good point. You, If you're flying commercially, you will need commercial flying insurance. Uh, that will be a requirement in July if you want to fly commercially. That, that's not a problem, but paying for insurance. It's, it's just finding it and paying for it. But, yeah. yeah you Someone will do it. That is the additional bit of information. Someone I have to just say, so. my problem with line of sight flying is not orientation, etc. It's the fact that after two batteries, I was like, this is really boring. I'm flying in circles here. Mm. Well, you're doing, it, you're doing it wrong then, Wayne. That's what I'll say. I'm with Wayne. I find it so... Okay, well, look, I can change and go the other way, or I could do a figure eight. Look, I could do a flip, but... What's the current cost of... A 
Pifco. Uh, it's like, isn't it? It's like uh, significantly less. I thought it was like two they're, grand. Yeah, it? because they're booing themselves because they know everyone don't need one by July. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Yeah, because I remember there was that. There's when I first looked into doing the uh, commercial side of it, which was six, maybe seven years ago. Um, there was actually on there was there was less than ten people on the list who were certified, um, and one of those people was a guy called Alan Davis, and I can't remember his company. It will come to me at some point, but um, he did a lot of work military wise. Um, but he did commercial drone operation stuff. And I went and I contacted him and I went and saw him and he didn't have a lot of good things to say about the, the, the PIFCO thing. And he actually did it him. He actually did it himself. And he said at the time, I remember him saying, you don't need to actually pay that provided you're inclined the way he was, which is he wrote his own manual for his aircraft. He, he basically did all the paperwork and submitted it to the CAA and got approval by doing it all himself and not having to spend the money. So if you're that kind of person who enjoys doing all of that, there is another route to doing it and to getting is certified. Is that still the case? But maybe, yeah, maybe that's changed now. But he's, uh, he's still, I'm pretty sure he's still, well, now he's certified. I don't know whether he'll have to go through the PIFCO thing, but um, at the time he, he got out this manual and he said, look, you know, he just slammed it down. He said, I wrote that. I wrote it, sent it off to the CAA and I got approval from them directly. I didn't have to go and pay two grand for this uh, certification, which I thought was quite cool. Yeah, it but, was um, okay. So it because it used ages ago to be called the BNUC, wasn't it? When a couple of people only went through it. BNUC, and, and then and it was a P4. Is, is they just had these agencies set up that was recognised by the CAA. Correct, so if you went exactly, there, yeah. the CAA would, it's kind of like a fast track, but it was always possible to do it yourself. But of course, most people just shy away from that sort of... Uh, yeah, and I think and it's, it's AJS is the name of his company. But yeah, he was he was one of the few on the list that I saw didn't have the bean up. And, and that's why I contacted him to how are you... How are you doing this legally without that certification? And I think his term for it was a self-licking lollipop. I remember that because when he said it, I burst out laughing at the time. Uh, but AJS Support, I think, is his company. But he was one of the first. And I said that was when the list was 10 or so. Um, and that obviously, if you go and look up, look up that list of who's registered commercially for flying drones now, it is probably about a thousand companies mm. now. <laughs> it's colossal. Oh, I've got so many contacts and I've, I've done some work Tuesday with a big company and it was all free and I've done it for friends and stuff like that. So, But July, I want to literally do it and earn money. And I, mean, it, I, I just it, don't know what to do. Like People say, do this, do that. And it's just so up in the air and no, you know, there's this B-cert, which is line of sight. I don't fly it. I fly FPV. It's just doing my nuts. The, the the sort of the range of possibilities here is is quite wide. The, the, a lot of this is still up in the air. So on the one sort of the easiest end, if you're really lucky, it could be that um, uh, BMFA talks to their insurers. They say, "Oh, yeah, we'll cover you for commercial work if it's you know the same sort of normal stuff," um, and they might say uh, the you know the uh, uh, you know, the CAA might say that 
the certificate of competency might also be equivalent to, say, a BSA or whatever. That's kind of a one end of it. Mm-hmm. At the other end of it, it could be that the you know the CAA say the certificate of competency is just going to be the new name for the PFCO. So if you want to be doing the kind of more interesting flying rather than just flying in a field, then you're going to need a PFCO. And it could be that the insurers say, whoa, we're getting a lot of people coming in wanting commercial insurance. We're going to have to raise our standards. And, and they might have you know, a requirement that you do something that is basically equivalent to the current PO. And that, and that could be you know, really hard as well. So it could be really easy to do stuff come July 2020 commercially. Um, and it could be really hard. And we don't know yet. But I'm, I expect we will know more come January. Mm. yeah because yeah. this is what I want to do I want to do my normal work and I want to do some flying jobs which I've and done in the past and I want to do more of and I've got quite a lot of um, you know, people very that quickly before in the future yeah well hopefully, hopefully we'll find out at some point in a few months um, what it's going to be um, but yeah, very quickly before we sign off, control line, you can do what you want, don't worry about it. Uh, under 250 grams, don't worry, you don't have to worry about it, at least until July 2020, because uh, don't worry about it for now. Um, then the flying indoors, don't worry about it, indoors is not outdoors, it's not under these rules. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of if you're not in the UK forget everything <laughs> I know about it um, but yeah is, is Jack coming back to sign us off or is he gone for good uh, he, he's on the toilet I don't know that was a yeah. guess I mostly ring him when he's on the toilet so I probably guess he's probably on the loo so someone else can sign us out NJ you're good at that I was going to say it. NJ as, as chat's favourite I, <laughs> I just went and jumped in and, uh, and, and and interrupted everyone I should probably do that. okay no, well, we, appre- we appreciate it <laughs> yeah the, the old brain went mental and I thought right I'm not going to be able to get all this all typed out okay um, so thank you very much for watching Let's Train Out you have been joined by everyone's favourite carry kitten Goodbye. Andy RC. Tata. Andrew slash Frank. Bye. And Jack's little Tony. Bonjour. I'm NJ Tech. See you all soon. Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out, the best drone-based podcast in the world. We would like to thank all of our patrons, including... My kindred. <laughs> My kindred. Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out, the best drone-based podcast in the world. We would like to thank all of our patrons, including... <laughs> oh, for God's sake. This is not happening anymore. Just say it! Hi, Mikey Dread! Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out, the best drone-based podcast on the internet. We would like to thank our patrons, including... Dread! And also... Art Faulkner. And lastly... That's it. We've we've only got two Patreons that donate, have their name read out. But if you want your name read out, go to this link. 
https colon forward slash forward slash www.patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. Telemetry lost.